Man, the Joker and the Denver Nuggets are on a skid. Paul Pierce talks about the rumors on his infamous wheelchair game. And Michael Jordan has had nearly enough of the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Rosa Panthers at the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. I'm glad to see my guys here. What up? Yeah, you guys got upgraded from delinquent to hooligans again. John, how you living, my friend? Hey, thank you for the upgrade. I'm feeling good, man. One day to Friday, how can how else can I feel? That's absolutely right. And you know what, boys? We got to talk about these Denver Nuggets. And it's a little crazy because they beat the Pistons tonight. But before that, they had like an awful week. They dropped four straight games against the Bulls, the Spurs, the Nets, and the Raptors. And right now, they're sitting second in offensive rating and now 17th in defensive rating. And it's a little surprising that the Nuggets lost to like kind of lower than average teams here. And I just want your guys' opinion. Like, what do you think this does for the Denver Nuggets going forward? Like, are we less believers in that they'll come out of the West because of this? Yes, I am 100% less of a believer than I was a few a week ago. And I know that is kind of a cop out because I said that I thought they were a top team. Like guys, are would we really be surprised if they did got knocked out of the first round? Like if they played the Lakers, if they play man, even if they played the Warriors, and I know Andrew Wiggins is not, he may not return, and I think we we may talk about that later. We may not, but I don't know, man. Like the Nuggets again, they never proved anything to me. They every year they end up falling short. And so it would not surprise me in the slightest to see them get bounced in the first round. JJ, do you agree with that? I totally agree, man. Um, when you do watch Denver play, you see Jokic, who has a crazy plus minus right now. When he is on the court, he's a plus 11. And when he's not, he averages a negative 11 for the team. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played a lot of fourth quarters. Yeah, Murray, where he's having load management, and I guess that's valid since he has missed last year due to injury, and they probably want to preserve him for the playoffs. But how could you preserve yourself for the playoffs if you haven't really proved yourself in the playoffs? You need to develop that chemistry. You need to finalize your lineups. And most importantly, you got to tune up that defense, John. And like what you said, if you don't have defense in the playoffs, can you really go far? There are not many teams that have won the championship with a defense ranked higher than 10th in the NBA. So... 100%. And like, dude, did you guys see what Mike Malone, his one of his post-game interviews when he said, I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride to the end. I'm going to get the guys who are willing to go hard into the at the end of the season and play full throttle and in my mind i'm thinking this is not what you want to be talking about with 12 games left to go in the season or 15 games left to go in the season of who is willing to go all out play with 100 percent intensity because in his to me that's in implying that there are some guys who are not willing to do that and i don't like and you know how it is in sports guys whether it's basketball, football, whatever it is, 
you can be a very talented team, but teams that go in that are, are hot and have the momentum going into the postseason have a great chance of pulling off upsets and playing. And those teams that are playing the best are the ones that typically make it out on top in, in a seven game series. And so I am concerned if I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. I don't know about you. What do you think, bro? I'm I'm also concerned. And like, I know that they're a one seed and they were a like runaway one seed at one point, but now it's like this defensive stuff is really rearing its ugly head, like as JJ was pointing out. And you think about like the playoffs, like you're gonna see a lot of Nikola Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. or maybe a combination of the two being put in these pick and rolls. And I don't know how they're gonna stop it, even if it's if it is like the Lakers at the eighth seed or even the Mavericks. Um, Mavericks would be kind of funny because it'd just be like a really high scoring series. But as far as this skid, I think the one thing that I want to bring up is that it kind of hurts Nikola Jokic's case for a three-time MVP because now the Denver Nuggets are sitting at 47 wins, 23 losses, but you have the Bucks. The Bucks are at 50 wins. Celtics are at 48 wins. And the 76ers are only one, one win away at 46, where it's like you have Giannis, you have Tatum, and you have Embiid. And like, if you asked me a week ago, if the Nuggets were like a runaway, like first seed, I would say, okay, maybe it's Jokic's right year. But now I don't know. Do you guys kind of feel the same way too? Where I'm now like this MVP thing is now in question because of this skid? Yep. It's, re it's always recency bias. We've seen multiple times where in October, November and December, players will just explode but then they'll they'll die off a little and then the person who ends the season on a great note will win that was Jokic for the past two years actually he yeah. wasn't leading the he wasn't leading the MVP conversation until later in the season last year and the year before that that's 100% recency bias it's what have you done for me lately right exactly and Jokic has fallen off. The Nuggets have fallen off at the most critical time, too, because they're still, you know, they're not a runaway uh, in, in the Western Conference anymore. And or, at, you know, overall in, in the league is what should I say? And that may matter, right, if they make the finals to have home court advantage. But to your point, I think the MVP race is. I don't even know who is they're going to give it to, right? It could be Tatum. <laughs> I have no idea. It could be Embiid. It could be Giannis. And honestly, based on if we're talking about recency bias and how our teams are performing, the Bucks have just rolled off all these wins in a row. But they've also done started winning without Giannis, too. So that kind of hurts his case a little bit. So mm -hmm. I don't even know. I, don't, I would not touch this bet. I know Sammy's not here, but I would not touch this bet with a 10-foot pole because I have no <laughs> clue who is actually going to come out on top. But I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of Giannis, he's, he actually had some things to say about like the MVP and um, the MVP criteria just like changing. He said this, quote, like, I believe and I know that people are dominating. So what is the MVP? Is it the guy who scores the most points? Is it the guy with the most efficient uh, with the most efficiency? Is it the guy with the most domination? Is it the guy who is most valuable? Sometimes the best player isn't the most valuable player on the team. Like, I feel like Brooke Lopez is such a valuable player on a team. Like, the MVP criteria is just effing, sorry for my language, it just changes. What? Does Giannis sort of have a point here? 
about the MVP criteria almost changing every year, so it's really hard to gauge? It's always been changing. John, it's always a narrative. It's not based off stats. So it's not solely based off stats, I should say that. It's always a narrative, and we've seen someone who could average a triple-double like Russell Westbrook, but as a sixth seed, get criticism. You have Curry, who doesn't play defense, win it. But then you'll have someone like Giannis, who's dominant on both sides. It, it always changes, and Jokic winning back-to-back, that's going to obviously turn heads because I don't even see him on a lot of people's top fives. So is, is it the best player on the best team? Because I don't think it's even that anymore. I think it's just the best story. I think that's part of it. I, I think he has a point. But when he says that the criteria always changes, I mean, what was the criteria to begin with? What baseline are we looking at? Because to me, there was never one, right? It's, it's very subjective. It's guys who are putting up great stats and their teams are winning. The team is winning. But then, like JJ's point, there are these anomalies that come around where Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double, putting up these unprecedented stats, but his team isn't that great. They're in the sixth seed. And so, again, like, what are we basing this off of? And I feel like if there's nothing specific or identified or concrete, then, of course, it's going to change. But there's no baseline. There's nothing that we're, we're looking at and saying, okay, this is what you need to do to get MVP. It's usually just these pundits and these people who are voting whatever they feel in the moment, right? Or how they feel about certain things. And maybe they take some of these things into account, but again, it's very subjective. Yeah, the the player that comes to mind for me is Dame Lillard. Like, just like talking about this, like talking about stats, empty stats, right? Because the success isn't there, or as JJ likes to say, empty calories. And it's just kind of funny that Giannis mentions like Brooke Lopez as like being like the most valuable player on the Bucks because I don't think any other Buck would say Brooke Lopez. They would say Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I, I kind of see what Giannis is trying to say though. Like how does one yeah. measure valuable? And it's such a weird thing. And I think this is a year that we could truly see like how difficult it is to really define what an MVP actually is. And I don't know, with only 12 to 15 games left, we still all don't have an idea who the MVP is going to be. And that's just how crazy it is. But I'm going to take us to our next topic here. John Morant, apparently he returned, um, or rather he left a counseling program in Florida and he moves closer to ramping up for a return for this season. And this was kind of a surprise because there were earlier reports saying that John Morant may not return this season. Also, a new thing pops up. John Morant is also going to be suspended for eight games. And quote, it says the suspension covers the six games he'll miss, including tonight versus Miami. He's eligible to play on Monday versus Dallas, the same day that he's able to rejoin the Grizzlies team in the environment. His ramp up to return will begin Monday and return to games soon thereafter. And that source was uh, from Wojnowski. Where is John? What do you guys think of like John Morant's, I guess, path back to playing games again? JJ, go ahead. 
Okay. You so... you could be the you could be the scapegoat <laughs> for this one. The thing with Jaws, you know the the responsibility of an NBA player is the following: once you hit star status, you have to build growth. So build your following. Once you hit the status of like a LeBron James, a Stephen Curry, you try to retain your following. So John Morant being a star, he needs to build his following. And right now, unfortunately, he lost a lot of followers, and he's actually got a lot of hate. So when he comes out with this interview with Jalen Rose. Which came out today, and、um, he says, "I'm not that person. I'm not. I'm not condoning violence." It's hard to believe him, guys, and I don't want to be that dude. But you were just at that club a week and a half ago. You say you don't condone violence, yet you have an assault charge on a 17-year-old. You got these freaking laser pointers at the Indiana <laughs> Pacers security、dude. guards. You know, like it, it feels like sucks to say, but it feels just like a PR move, man. Like his his PR agent wrote this apology up, scheduled this interview with Jalen Rose, and、um, Adam Silver's like, "All right, playoffs is starting in a few weeks. You have twelve games left. Why don't you say, serve your eight game suspension? That way, when you come back, you're ready to roll for the playoffs." And do you blame Adam Silver? Because what's what's the NBA about? It's about making money. So, long story short, I think it was kind of, I don't know, half-assed, dude. Yeah, I so you always want someone to be able to that goes through something like this is to figure it out and come out a better person. But what what's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And to JJ's point, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because that's all you can do at this point. But history has shown that he hasn't. He's gone down a path. He's done things that haven't been haven't been good. Which is, I mean, the laser pointer punching a 17-year-old kid. Hanging around with these, and then the gun. Obviously, that was the the you know that was the apex. That was the moment that everything turned for him. Now, will that change? That remains to be seen. But again, like we just have to go what has been happening and what he's done. And so and so far, it's not been good stuff. So, will he will he change? I mean, hopefully. You know what I mean? You, you hope people learn their lesson, man. Like, he's what is he? Twenty-three years old. But again, that's not an excuse, right? You're still a kid. You do dumb stuff. We've done all done dumb stuff. You know what I mean? When we were that age. And so I don't want to sit here and like point the finger, but the, ultimately we've learned from those mistakes, and we're not going to do those things again because we understand the damage that it, not only does it cause to yourself, but it causes to the people around you and the people who care about you. So, and. You know, outside of the stuff off the court, it's like, man, we just want to watch you play basketball, right? We don't want to watch all this extracurricular activity. Like, we're not, you know what I mean? It's just like it, it's、yeah. embarrassing, not、oh, only、yeah. for you and and the NBA, but for everyone who's like, who's a supporter of you or who likes to watch you play basketball. Like, nobody wants to see that. So, 
just get your head on straight man and hopefully you know limit these kind of the like dumb stuff to this magnitude where it's endangering lives or endangering yourself or just just bad optics so hopefully he cuts it out and i'll leave it at that the thing that i'm worried about is like if if the grizzlies and the nba really care about john morant like did they actually do the right thing here or is he just going to like repeat everything all over again i guess like time will tell but i don't know any program as far as when it comes to like behavior or it comes to addiction or becomes like for any of that stuff that's only like a week and a half and the person walks out and they're like i'm a changed man you know what I mean? Like, what kind of like, me. what kind of, <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what week and a half program is this? You know what I mean? Where you walk out of it and it's like, oh yeah, like I'm not going to mess up ever again. I don't know, man. It just seems like it's been rushed and it seems like there's a lot of higher ups, a lot of money that's involved in this to get John Morant back on the court. And I don't. Personally, it rubs me the wrong way. I'm also like in the medical field and stuff like that. And if John Morant actually does have a problem, which it does seem like he does because he's had multiple accounts of this behavior, right? I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I guess only time will tell, like I said. But with that, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action Action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions re- apply. See show notes for details. She See show notes de- for details indeed. <laughs> Dang, I can't even talk right now. But we're going to take it to our next topic. It's about Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. And apparently he's going to sell or his in talks to sell his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets. If the sale goes through, Jordan would actually still remain like a minority of owner of the team. And just a little bit of history here. Jordan became the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets or was then Charlotte Bobcats in 2010 after purchasing the team for 275 million. And since he's been owner, they have run through five different head coaches. He's basically moved on from players like Kemba Walker and some other, I guess, mishaps with like draft picks and draft prospects he didn't really hit on. It just hasn't been a very good tenure for Michael Jordan. I think we could all agree on that. Do you guys think that this is a good move by Michael Jordan? And if you are a Charlotte Hornet fan, are you celebrating? Are you like feeling weird about this? What do you guys think? I'm sorry, sound I just don't laugh me. at that sound effects great from Arrested Development. That's great. Great, great, great. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how to feel about this because 
I thought this would have happened a long, long time ago. To be completely honest <laughs> with you guys, I mean, when have the when was the last time the Hornets were good? And don't get me started on the Bobcats. Like, uh, my goodness, the Bobcats. You guys remember them? Yes. Yes. And I don't like 275 million. Do you think that was a lot of money? I mean, it's a lot. Obviously, it's a lot of money, but I don't know. And I know it's a smaller market, but I wonder how much money he would make. I'm, I'm sure he would look to make a lot of money from this sale, right? Probably double. Would you think? I would At think least, double. Yeah. Yeah, maybe double. And uh, listen, look, Michael Jordan doesn't need the money, but again, maybe he just doesn't want to be the majority order he doesn't want to make these decisions he doesn't want to be stressed out and the reality of the situation is that the hornets have not been good for a while i mean they have lamello ball unfortunately he fractured his ankle earlier like a few weeks ago and he's out for the year he's had his injury issues he's a hell of a prospect um they have some young pieces but ultimately like they haven't really done much and you know you see him at games yelling at Kelly Oubre. I don't know if is Kelly Oubre even on the <laughs> on the Hornets anymore, but Michael he's Jordan not. just looks beside himself every time he's on 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 the bench, like watching his team lose or make an idiotic play or do something completely stupid. And so to me it's like not only would he make money, but he's also just you know, removing himself from the situation that just causes him a lot of stress. So to me this is a win-win for Michael Jordan. I don't know about you how you guys feel about it. It's it's a win-win that he that he's leaving John. Yes. That he's I think for for him I think for him yes. I don't think he wants to be involved in a team that's not that's underperforming year after year. Yeah, if, if I'm a Charlotte Hornet fan, I am hoping and praying that the goat Michael Jordan sells his stake <laughs> in the Hornets because if you've been following the Hornets for all those years that they've been here, out of those 17 seasons, only four times that they've had a winning record. And they've only made the playoffs on three occasions. And those three occasions, they got bounced within the first round. And we've seen this time and time and time again, especially me and June in the dark, dark, dark days of the Golden State Warriors. Winning starts from the top. Sammy, if he was here, he would probably cry about the Clipper days. John, you're fortunate. You have had the Laker glory. But we had some really dark times and it always starts from management, man. Like even in the beginning of the season with all the Hornets drama, you had their coaches dropping out. You had players trouble with the law multiple players at that and it's it's just like you need a strong foundation and if your management your ownership does not have the right support and hire the right people for your players you're not going to go far and there's clear evidence through every single team best front office best ownership usually leads to a championship can JJ, I respond? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I just want to correct JJ uh, on that. Well, I agree with him. But to say, and I look, what, what I'm about to say is going to have people shake their heads and, and call me uh, privileged, 
and spoiled. <laughs> Look, I know the Lakers have had many, many years of success. I understand that. I know that they've gotten stars. They've traded for stars. They've had some of the greatest players of all time. Don't get me wrong about what I'm about to say here. But it is a misconception, JJ, that we've always had glory years. I will remind you that at one time, Mitch Kupchak paid Luol Deng and <laughs> Timothy Mozgov like $150 million, right? And that like set us back six years. So look, Lakers have had their itches too. And I just want to clear that up for you guys and the listeners. And I know Sam is going to be listening to this later thinking, what is John talking about? Lakers have always been good. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I like what you did there, John. Way, way to defend them. But like, so there's there's a couple of things that kind of like rub me the wrong way about this. So like, okay, Michael Jordan, like, isn't the NBA just about to sign like new new contracts, like new broadcasting contracts or TV contracts? Like, why not sell after that? So this feels kind of suspicious there. And Michael Jordan is right. The Hornets haven't been good. So maybe he just wants to like get out of there. But this is also like not part of like Michael Jordan's personality to yep. like give up on something. So it makes me think like, should someone like drive to Michael Jordan's house right now and like check on this man? <laughs> Cause this is not a good look for him. It's really strange. But if I am a Charlotte Hornet fan, I think this gives me hope. So there's at least that. But we're going to move on to our next topic here. Lonzo Ball. He's going to go like he's going to undergo a third surgery on his left knee, which has already kept him out for more than a year. He is expected to miss most, if not all, of the 23-24 season recovering, which means he's going to be out all of next season. And this is his quote here. He said, my main focus has been on returning to the court and getting to a place where I can rejoin my teammates. This has been a frustrating process, but I'm confident these next steps are in the best path forward to support my family, friends, fans, and medical staff throughout my recovery is what keeps me moving forward. I can't wait to get back to what I love doing the most, playing basketball. First of all, I feel really awful for Lonzo Ball. He secretly, to me, like for me, had become a player I really enjoyed watching, even though his jump shot at times looked broken as hell. But seeing like his success, like through his career has been awesome. So it's kind of sad for me, at least, to not see him succeed. Like it wouldn't be with the Bulls, obviously, like to possibly be traded or et cetera. What do you guys feel? about Lonzo Ball surgery here. Dude, super sad. I don't even know what to say, but he signed that four-year $85 million contract with the Bulls last year. And I even remember us three, we were talking about how this team is super exciting and they might make some noise in the postseason. They were the number one seed. You guys remember that? Yeah. He was averaging 13 points. 5.4 rebounds, 5 assists, and almost 2 steals in those games. But man, if you have an injury where you may not come back until 2025, they brought up that he might miss a total of 33 to 35 months, which is pretty insane, man. And we talked about how Clay, you know, Clay came back and he's playing well. 
The thing with Lonzo Ball, he has youth on his side, John. But what I'm worried about is that he missed a very critical time of his athletic growth, his athletic peak. So not only does he have to try to catch up to his peers, but he has to rehab and get healthier, which is another process, you know? I don't know, man. Yeah, it's really sad, man. I, I, I think, like, and, well, I'll say this, is I hope that he can get back on the basketball court. I don't know if he's going to be the same player after not playing for so long. I don't know if his knee's ever going to be 100%. But you do hope that he gets back on the court and, like he said, doing what he loves to do, which is play basketball. But it, it sucks because, not just because he was drafted by the Lakers and you saw and I saw him like come into the NBA with a broken shot, but he's one of those guys that, and a lot of players don't do this, but they improve, they try to change their game and improve. And he completely adjusted his form. He was willing to do things drastically yeah. in order to be a better three-point shooter. And it equated to being a much better three-point shooter. And there are guys in the NBA who are unwilling to do that for their ego for whatever reason. And so I appreciate that about players that are willing to put their ego aside and say, you know what? My shot's broke. My shot's messed up. It's bunk. I'm going to do what it takes to fix it. And honestly, I hate throwing slander and, and throwing somebody who name, somebody's name out there who you know, isn't even a part of this conversation, but Russell Westbrook comes to mind. Mm -hmm. He's so arrogant and egotistical that he doesn't yeah! even try to adjust his game and try to improve his shot. So when I see guys like Lonzo Ball doing it and trying to improve and do things that like, you know, you want players to do and not take not, not take the game for granted, it, it sucks even more that it's happening to someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and for me, I just hope he gets back on the court. He's a hell of a defender. He's, you know, he plays hard. He improved his game. And man, he just like, sometimes you get the, the, the bad deck. You get a bad hand. And, and this is, seems to be one of those cases. But hopefully modern technology, the doctors, whatever they're going to do can help with this, man. Because, you know, you, you like you said, bro, I loved his, I love his game. I loved what he became, the type of player he became and, and kind of his mentality towards it. So you know, prayers up and uh, thoughts his way, and, and hopefully he comes back a better version. Yeah, he was definitely becoming like the three and D archetype with just great court vision, like with his passing too. But I'm gonna actually take us to our next topic here. We're gonna start Dubber Duds. We've got a few of them here. The first one, Paul Pierce was on KG's, I guess, show with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And this is how the conversation went between them. Brown said, I want to know what happened when it was the playoffs and you had to get in the wheelchair. And he was like pointing at like Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce said, I sprayed my MCL. Brown, it was your MCL? Pierce <laughs> says, it was my MCL. Don't believe them rumors that I had to go to the bathroom. KG chimes in, Kevin Garnett chimes in, and he goes, what rumors? <laughs> and Paul Pierce goes, everyone's saying that I had to take a sh a poop. Get the F out of here. Now we got social media and everyone makes their own narrative. Dubber dud, Paul Pierce clarifying what happened 
on that wheelchair game. I'm gonna start with John here. John, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's just fitting that he has two Celtics on this podcast. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as, as the commentary and provide and asking the question. All Celtics. I despise all of them. I'll, I'll say that to start. But <laughs> in terms of a dub or dud, you are I want to give this hinder. a dud, right? I'm going to give this a dud because Pierce, like, you had no injury. There was zero injury, man. Walking out, like, running out, sprinting out of the tunnel after you fell on the floor, floor writhing in pain, like someone just... I don't want to say, I can't say this about Paul Pierce because he was actually shot. So I can't say that. I'm not going to say it. Sorry. But he, he was, you know, it looked like he, he, he like tore his Achilles. And so I, I, I got to give this a dud, man. I, I don't believe it at all. I do not think that he, he injured any part of his knee. I don't know. JJ, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong or right. You are right. This is a dud. Why are you even bringing it up, man? All you had to say it was my MCL. Why are you even bringing up that you had to take a dump? Or you didn't have to take a dump? They didn't even ask. They didn't even ask him. Did you have to go to the bathroom? Right? Dude, this is a dud for me. Like, Jay, you're, you're absolutely right. And the only reason that rumor exists is because Paul Pierce was the one that said it. He said he had to go to the bathroom. Do you guys remember that clip? If you haven't seen this clip, go on YouTube. It's with Jalen Rose. And uh, I think maybe Chauncey Billups was on there too. But he said, like in a very serious tone, oh, I had to use the bathroom. Later on, he said that he was being sarcastic, but it did not sound sarcastic. You guys have to listen to this sometime. And another thing is like why it's a dud. Like if you were really injured, like, you wouldn't be running out like that. Like this is the perfect reason why people think that these sports like the NFL, NBA are scripted. <laughs> it's because of things like this, but I'm going to take it to our next number dud, Jimmy Butler. He apparently punished his teammates by blasting Nickelback in the locker room after their recent loss to the Magic. Dubber dud using Nickelback as punishment. That's a dub. <laughs> Gonna have the greatest band to ever play on planet Earth. Blasting in the locker room. The most testosterone place in, in the area. Gotta give it props, man. Nickelback. I know John has uh, their no. CDs, their vinyl, and everything yeah. on lock. So. John, John plays it on wins, dude, on dubs. <laughs> John, what do you think? Oh, we're going there now, huh? To get going the low blows. <laughs> so the, to me, this is a dub and a dud. A dub. I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and say it's both, and, and I'm gonna say it's a dub because this is true punishment. Nickelback is true punishment, and he's probably blasting it on like really high level, high quality Bose speakers that they have in the locker room. It's a dud because I don't think it does anything to motivate your team to try to win. <laughs> more games if anything it probably does the opposite i'm with you john 
<laughs> I'm with you on that dud. Like you can you cannot be motivated listening to like photograph. Like that that doesn't even <laughs> compute right. The last one. Giannis, he was commenting on winning championships. He says it's better than getting intimate. Dub or dud. Giannis thinking it's better than getting intimate. John, what do you think? I'm sorry, I have to give this a dud because speaking from experience, I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> JJ. And I've never won think? the champ I've never yeah. won a basketball championship. I've won other championships, I guess, but not an NBA one, so sorry. Just yeah, to clarify. I can't speak from experience, but uh I don't think anything's better than that. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys. It was a clean sweep on that one. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. Have a good night. And shout out to Sammy. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose Zapanta. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Unlimited.